Hey guys, welcome to Art Talks with Trainer Jen, a show that brings you art news and interviews from around the world. So it has been a while since the COVID-19 lockdown has been imposed, and it seems like these restrictions are not going to be lifted anytime soon. Considering all this, there has been a massive economic and cultural shift of axis in the art world. Art museums in India are preparing for a scenario that no one had ever thought of before. So on today's show, we're going to be joined by Tasneem Zakaria Mehta, who's the director of the Bhavdaji Lal Museum in Mumbai. As we'll be recording this interview through the phone, please bear with us with regards to sound quality. Hi Tasneem, how are you? Hi Prerna, nice to meet you on the phone. <laughs> nice to meet um, you. I'm I'm surviving these very what can one say these very it, it's crazy is is probably a kind of an adjective that is actually doesn't really encapsulate what's happening it's just so sad and so unbelievable and it's almost apocalyptic you know right but because it's just turning our whole world upside down well that is true it has been a very chaotic time So, Dasneem, can you tell me something more about yourself and uh, Bhavdaji Lal Museum? Yeah, I am honorary director, managing trustee of uh, Bhavdaji Lal Museum. In a sense, I actually conceived of and executed and and designed and in in many ways did all the research and the writing and everything to create the museum as it stands today. In uh, it. prior to intac which i was vice chairman of intac is the indian national trust for art and cultural heritage mm-hmm. i was vice chairman for 6 years uh and mumbai convena prior to that for 22 years i uh, was trying to identify a place uh, to be able to do conservation and restoration work of objects and artifacts because in india at that time 20 22 years ago when we started this project uh, there wasn't any emphasis on conservation of objects the emphasis has always been on the conservation of buildings and monuments and sites and people just have forgotten about the museums and and, and the incredible objects that are in it and across the country Uh, if you read the cag report sorry the the controller and auditor general controller and auditor general of india's report mm-hmm. uh, you will see how neglected museums have been i was deeply interested in in conservation and that's how i came to the museum because i visited it mm-hmm. uh, i had just come back from living in 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 america and and in england after mm-hmm. i got married where there is a huge amount of care of of the cultural properties and of course we know the museums like the vna etc mm-hmm. how incredible they are and my desire was that why can't we be as good as them what is it that is holding us back we have the most incredible objects we have incredible museums and and something what is and um, amazing sites so why can we not not as good but much better than what we find in 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 abroad so that's really how i came to the bhavdadilad museum mm-hmm. uh then i uh raised the funding 
I, uh, you know, it took a couple of years, in fact, to convince that, you know, go meet several funders. Mm-hmm. People had not really understood or got involved with conservation at that time. So I have to give credit to Rahul Bajaj and Neeraj Bajaj and Minal Bajaj, who uh, understood what I was trying to do. And, and, uh, and Rahul Bhai immediately um, sort of said, yes, this is, this, is an, this is a great project when I put the project to him. But I had approached other funders before who, who, uh, who, who did not respond. So it's very difficult raising funds, you know, and convincing people that mm. cultural heritage is something that they should give to. Most people are interested in giving to schools or hospitals and things of that kind, or their own NGOs. Hmm. All corporates have their own NGOs that they create, that they give to. So so then I actually conceptualized, did a lot of research. So the project took five years, and mm-hmm. uh, I conceptualized it. And it was never meant to just be about conservation, but it was meant to create a living institution an institution that would respond to the community, that would create a benchmark of excellence. Well, that's interesting, Dasneem. I mean, that's quite a journey. It uh, is a journey. I feel Actually, I feel very blessed that, uh, that I was able to uh, undertake this journey in a sense. <laughs> I have to say there were many, many <laughs> obstacles, many mountains one had to climb, but it has been worth it in the, in the end because I think we have really shifted the needle. That you know, we got UNESCO's highest award of conservation hmm. in 2005 for the entire project. Oh, nice! Yeah, uh, we the Beijing Palace Museum. We were competing with the Beijing Palace Museum, so they came second, we came first oh, wow. for the whole Asia Pacific region. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was a great, a wonderful achievement, and we won several awards after that. In you know, in the South Asia region, we've been acknowledged for our exhibition programming. Uh, we've been acknowledged for just the kind of um, uh, projection of the museum, the management and projection of the museum in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Dasneem, I think that's something really, really great. And I think uh, you yourself have been, you know, awarded with, you know, several honors. Uh, you've also achieved a lot of things in uh, your own personal career. Would you like to share something about that? Um, yeah, I, I'm basically an art historian. I studied it and I did fine art and um, did design at uh, JJ School of Art. I wanted to be an artist. And I wanted to be a writer. So my two great passions in life were literature, writing, art, and uh, uh, art history and uh, and drawing and painting and i still have uh, uh, fantasies of going back and writing a novel and you know once once i'm able to stabilize everything at the museum and, and going back to my sketching and and doing a, a bit of painting also but i love drawing drawing is really where my heart is and so um yeah so that was my background i went to columbia university in new york mm-hmm. uh, on a full scholarship and uh, then I did the co- uh, master's course at Christie's in oh. modern and contemporary. And then I was working towards a PhD at JMU um, okay. uh, on cultural institutions uh, when this project happened. And so, um, so yeah, so I, 
have to still finish my PhD thesis. My advisors keep saying, you went so far, you know, just write it, just finish the writing. <laughs> so that still does remain to be, you know, it's something. So there are many things, one, you know, that I would like to complete as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. But I've done several books while I've been at them, several artists' uh, um exhibitions books and as well as the book on the restoration so i've continued to try to keep abreast of writing i write i used to be write for art india i was on the editorial board the first editorial board of art india and and i used to write very regularly for them mm-hmm. and so some of that has of course uh, kind of taken a back seat that kind of writing but i write a lot most of the texts that, that for for the exhibitions etc and even the design, etc., of objects, say, from which we create our shop objects, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the design inputs and a lot of the design inputs for even the shows and, you know, the exhibitions and working with artists, a lot of it has, kind of, you know, there's, it's a very collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. So, um, so talking about me, yes, and then uh, they, you know, one of the really nice things that happened is, I've, you're right, I've had been very fortunate uh, that my work has been appreciated, um, mm-hmm. and I was selected Mumbai Hero. Oh. I don't remember the exact date, but you know, the Times of India, had, Mumbai Mirror has uh, they put out names, a couple, you know, five six names of people who, and then they ask, uh, they have a jury, and they ask the um, readers also to submit uh, their their preferences. And um, and uh, I was I think I can't remember the exact date, but we it, it it's probably about four or five years ago. I was selected as uh, Mumbai hero. Uh-huh. Uh, so yes, <laughs> and so it was nice. It was it it was it was a very nice feeling to 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 feel that the community appreciates mm-hmm. uh, the work one has done. Um, but I've also worked as Intact Convener on several projects in Mumbai, including the Gateway of India, mm-hmm. in Afghan Church, the, the Victoria Terminus, this Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj Terminus now, mm-hmm. um, which was given World Heritage status. I wrote with the architect, I worked very closely with the architect and wrote the submission document for mm. that. Uh, I've been a senior advisor for UNESCO, worked very closely with uh, uh, UNESCO, who you know, for the Asia Pacific region, their head offices in um, in Thailand and Bangkok, and I worked very closely with them. And I I took a public litigation against the mills that were being knocked down in Mumbai, and we managed to save the four mills that now they want to make into a whole entertainment and uh, a museum complex. So we, we were directly, I was directly involved in in saving those. Uh, those uh, structures. It's been it's been a very exciting journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah. can imagine that, Tosneem. That sounds uh, quite something. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, with the current situation that's going on, everything seems really chaotic. And you know, coming back to Bahadajila, I think the announcement was something which was very abrupt. So, how did you and the team manage the museum's uh, collection? and the ongoing show yeah. it's at a short notice you know we had fortunately prepared the just done a very um, thorough cleaning mm-hmm. of the uh, cases in the museum just prior to the announcement and um, and we had refreshed all the silica gel in, in all our cases 
<clears throat> so uh, our our objects uh, the main problem is humidity uh, and dust so dust because the museum is closed now and the windows are not open there's no visitors uh, so both the humidity levels and the dust will be hugely reduced mm-hmm. so i don't think that there is a huge issue in terms of the objects and the stability of the objects obviously it's been 6 weeks now so we would like to go in and check that uh, there there isn't the main issue would be fungus and that hasn't been any fungus uh, but we suspect that there probably isn't any because we had put in the main thing which is the silica gel we have not been given any direction from the municipal corporation the municipal corporation owns the museum mm-hmm. as to whether we we should be we can um, we can go to the uh, to the you know it's in the premises of the zoo and the zoo is closed right. um so um, you know what happened that there was a tiger in which country i don't remember but that got covid so right. they were very nervous about that and bikla is in any case mm-hmm. one of the hot zones mm-hmm. you know right so red one of the red zones so um so i don't think that that we will be open for a while and 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 i mean i don't suspect that the, that even if there is a little bit of fungus that it's not it won't be anything that is very severe you know Mm-hmm. So there there are so so of course I mean we would like to go in and to be able to check it mm-hmm. but even just being able to do that is a, is is a huge uh, production because you have to open the museum there are all sorts of security procedures mm-hmm. we then check everything to ensure that it's as we left it that it still takes to hours mm-hmm. do that with a security guard uh, so you know your we need a few people to come in Right. So at least five or six people minimum. So you're immediately talking about how do you do that, you know, because the security guard and 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 the curator have to be there themselves to to do it. So um, uh, and when you check objects, you know, you keep that six feet dif- distance. So it's mm. going to be very challenging. It is, and especially when we open the cases, if we have to refresh the silica gel, mm-hmm. you know. um sometimes you need help how do you do that you if you're not supposed to go close to somebody you know <laughs> right. uh oh, there there will be challenges going forward i'm especially more concerned about uh, about uh, just being you know able to protect the objects um mm. at this point in time uh we don't have a, we are not dependent on ticket money for revenue um so that's a big uh, i should say advantage for us because mm-hmm. unlike say the csmbs that mm-hmm. depends on ticket money for their uh for their budget right. um we they charge 100 rupees we charge 10 rupees so it's not much of a difference for us as you can see mm-hmm. um but for the csmbs the lack of visitors and the lack of footfall will be a very serious issue as it will be for a lot of american museums mm-hmm. that charge you know a lot of money it's usually 25 dollars a ticket to get to the moma or to to any of the other larger museum any of the museums say in new york or around in america mm-hmm. in europe there's a different paradigm in europe it's it differs i think in france they charge you know mm-hmm. uh, the louvre charges so but there are other places that don't so in europe differs 
But in the UK, I know that they don't charge. Museums are free, but they charge for special exhibitions. Mm-hmm. So the permanent collections are always free. So those are those revenue models will be very seriously impacted because of the lockdown because people are going to be hesitant to go out and you know they're not going to want to go to public places. Right. So um, so that is going to be a big issue. Then considering that, Tasneem, what about the cultural shift that's going to happen? You know, how do you foresee the shift of the axis? You know, from a economic and cultural viewpoint. So I think it is going to be. Uh, well the berlin museums have just opened yeah uh, because germany is one of the few countries that is in control of the situation that did testing immediately did massive testing took care of the patients and so they are in a position now uh, they flattened the curve more or less and they, so i think they're in a position to to be able to test the waters and see mm-hmm. uh, what is the response course in Germany and places like that they have incredible museums in Berlin for example mm-hmm. I mean Berlin is a museum city they have the museum island and right. they have the most amazing museums so we'll have to see what happens you know whether that opening up impacts the do you have a rise in cases we saw that happened in China that there mm-hmm. was a huge rise in cases as a result of the opening up mm-hmm. so I think um one will have to and these are countries which are don't have slums and right. don't have uh, congestion the level of density and congestion that we have mm-hmm. in mumbai in particular right um so i think i think we'll have to w- wait and watch what happens but there is going to be a radical shift in terms of in terms of how people perceive public places Mm-hmm. and whether they will actually go out uh, for the next two years at least that's what they are predicting mm-hmm. for the next two years till till the vaccine comes and we know that the vaccine is is effective but there's a whole mindset shift that has happened there is suddenly fear fear of going out to a public place and it's not just going to affect museums but it's going to affect restaurants and movie theaters and you know all the kind of places where you would go and you'd be in close proximity to other people that is going to change quite dramatically i think and that change may be there for some years to come even after covid mm-hmm. because the predictions are that this virus can mutate and come back in other forms so till that clarity regarding this virus is there and i think now what has happened is that people it's not just this virus suddenly they've realized oh my god you know the something else could emerge you know right it's uh, uh, so that fear of public spaces has which is very unfortunate and sad because it's so important for human beings to be out in public spaces you know that that is the social nature of human beings um and that's why cities like new york london paris rome you know it's because you can see people on the roads and there are cafes and do you know what i'm saying there right. the, in in mumbai as well that sense of me having a great street culture which is what makes these cities such great cities mm-hmm. that is going to be a really you know that is going to really take a knocking 
Well, yeah. yeah, well, that makes sense, you know, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of uh, galleries and museums and other businesses are uh, uh, increasingly transforming their uh, physical presence, uh, you know, into online platforms. That's uh, right. Yeah. But going off of that, this name, I think BDL has also been using the e-platform in a very progressive manner. And... I thought maybe you could elaborate on that. Yes, absolutely. We are very excited about our, our e-platform. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been working very closely with the team mm-hmm. uh, to develop some of these ideas. But uh, we have a great team. And uh, and that's one of the reasons that the museum is so successful. Okay. They're deeply committed. They, they love their work. And they love the institution. And you can see it in the effort that they put out. Mm-hmm. So... We've always been very active on social media. That is something that we've done right from the beginning. And we do it in-house, which is unlike other private museums or that have perhaps uh, given the job to, to a, an agency to do, which then, you know, mm-hmm. is much more professional because, because they, they have the whole an in-house team that designs, that knows what to do. They have the, all the equipment, etc., Mm-hmm. And private museums can go in and access their collections, whereas we can't, you know, so they can decide to be in, in the museum, even though nobody else is coming in. But mm-hmm. it's very difficult for us because till, till, till there is an official opening up, mm-hmm. we really can't do that. But oh. it has given us an opportunity to work with what we have on our Google Cultural Institute. Okay. So the Google Cultural Institute is, is, is really an amazing platform. Google has put online the collections of many museums from across the world. And in Mumbai, we were the first museum that they put online. And um, it has visitors of about 50 million across the world. So that means anybody sitting with a computer, even at the North Pole, Mm -hmm. if they have, they can. (laughs) They can see any museum they want to. They can do a virtual walkthrough. Of the museum, they can zoom really close into the object. Mm-hmm. They can see the exhibitions. We've put up our exhibitions. And so uh, so that has been an amazing partnership that we have had with Google. And, and Google sent their people, you know, they have a special camera, which is like in the round. And it's like eyes all over when they take this, when they take, it's a very expensive camera. Okay. Uh, and and then they take this 360 degree view of the of the whole museum, but they also have technology that enables you to zoom in. We also on our website have a, a fair amount of our collection that we have presented, and we so we have access to that also. So using that, we have been able to create new programming. So um, so the treasure hunt was something that I was very keen on. And I have to say that the team has done a remarkable job of, of we put it together. And, um, of, you know, the idea was to get people to walk through the entire museum. Mm-hmm. And there's a prize at the end of it if you get the questions right and if you finish the, the quickest. And then we've had, um, so a lot of our, of what we do is interactive. It's not just spoon feeding you but it's asking you to participate in the process so we ask questions we get you to think we put up atul dodia's exhibition so we have flashback fridays okay and we go we revisit our exhibitions Mm -hmm. because there are many people who may not have had the opportunity 
to see those exhibitions because this is now Instagram platform is going across the world. Mm-hmm. And so we revisit those exhibitions. In some cases, the artists speak again and, and talk about how the, their work continues to be relevant today, and especially in these times. The artist Rina Kalet, for example, talked about her spider's web, which was on the museum facade, mm-hmm. and, uh, and how, you know, the, the web was made of those stamps, you know, the chappas that huh. they, they, they stamp, the mm-hmm. bureaucratic stamps that, that you have. Mm-hmm. And that how that is relevant even today. So, of course, the, her stamps have the street names of Mumbai before independence and after independence. And, of course, the idea of the spider comes from the idea of, of the institution being moribund and then being revived because the spider's web, in a sense, suggests something that is neglected. You know, cobwebs is one of the first things that you, you see when, when a space is neglected. So something that was neglected and then now has a new life. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that it was right next to the zoo. So the idea of the web came from, you know, that it was that the relationship with nature. And so uh, so it, it was a great project. And Rina um, gave us a lovely little video. So we've worked, we've done a couple, we've done Rina Kalat first, and we did Ellen Talur, which again, a wonderful exhibition. Mm-hmm. And he referenced the Elephanta Elephant, which is right outside the, the museum. And it's a very interesting story of how the elephant came to, to be right outside the museum, which you can go online. Your listeners can also go online and, and learn about so Talur and all of the, these objects are objects that we have in our collection. Either we commissioned them or they were donated by the artists. So yesterday was Apil Dodia and um, an amazing exhibition called 7,000 Museums, a project for the Republic of India. So yeah, so we, so we had a lot of fun also doing it. Mm-hmm. And the response that we've got from... The, from our audience is just amazing they're like they want more and more and more you know it's like <laughs> that's the great. team is not able to keep up with because we get responses that why did you only do so many why aren't you doing more you know well, that's and, great. yeah yeah so we we, we it's a, it takes a lot of effort to do all that because you know we're designing it, we're mm-hmm. looking at the text we're looking at how we do it so we do stories, Instagram stories and um, and and we'll also very soon we're looking. Everybody's doing Instagram chats and things like that. So we're also um, you know thinking about what we might do in that area as well. What this what this uh, disease has done is to telescope the future and mm-hmm. brought it forward, like zoomed us into the future in a sense, you know. Right. Because this internet revolution was coming. Mm-hmm. It was just but. It was taking its time. Mm-hmm. Now you have no choice. You just have to be on the uh, on online. Otherwise, you people will just forget about you. You know. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Unless you are or you are on the e platform, there is no other way to survive. For uh, I think, for any museum or for any other art institute, be it a gallery or even if it's an artist. So. That's right. It, you know, even for artists, it's not. So you saw the artist Druvie uh, mm-hmm. Acharya and what, what she's been doing, these amazing works every day. Um, 
reflecting her feelings of um, of the about COVID, mm-hmm. and uh, there are wonderful works, and so you know, um, and she puts them up on Instagram, and she's had a fantastic response. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to you know see very quickly a change in terms of uh, how people engage with the medium. You know, I was somebody who, because I grew up in a different era, I grew up when there were no television sets. <laughs> and, there was, and, and, and you had to make phone calls. There was that, that people don't even remember. The young generation won't even remember that time <laughs> yeah. in India. <laughs> yeah. uh, where you waited two days to get, uh, you know, if you wanted to make an international call. And if you wanted it quickly, a lightning call, you, it came in six hours. Um, <laughs> so for me, I've always been a little bit uh, reluctant to um, to be in, in in you know in so in the public eye, you know, right. and I still am in in the sense that I I uh, I'm a little bit hesitant with 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 all the social media stuff, but I think it's an incredible tool. It's an incredible tool to be able to engage audiences, and so. Um, and so now I'm getting excited about it, <laughs> but more for our institution, you know. Right. And the team, of course, uh, they're all very young. They're all mostly below 30. So they okay. are all uh, very, very knowledgeable about that. Hmm. That actually, that's true, you know. And I think uh, the social media and internet is a good way to reach out to the younger audience as well and to get them engaged and involved and to make them come to the museums once the situation uh, normalizes. Right. So, no, absolutely. It, it's, it's very important. Uh, of course, in Mumbai, there are issues of transportation. And, you know, uh, I think that is one of the great, one of the reasons that, uh, you know, it's it's a very much north-south and there's such, so there's such transport blockages <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Uh, so that is always... Uh, People think three times whether before they go someplace, how much traffic, or how long it's going to take. Hmm. So this, in a sense, has helped one help you telescope, as I said, the future in. But I think the physical presence of the museum and seeing an object in in real life, the actual physical object, mm-hmm. there's a kind of magic about that, which um, even which the internet, I don't think, can can replicate. You know, you may be able to zoom in to an object and see details which even the human eye may not be able to see. And I know that now the technology is getting so good that you can actually see the object and you may be able to see the object in the round. You know, you could do sort of all kinds of virtual reality stuff. Mm -hmm. But those are all great experiences in, in terms of, you know, amplifying what the object represents and and a story but i think the physical object itself its scale the way it it looks the the texture etc um that that i think that technology we haven't got so far where where, where it's almost going to become um you know like you can almost see the real object that also is coming i believe you Mm -hmm. know like zooming yourself into a into a physical space you know they say that you'll be able to zoom you might be virtually one place and but you want to be in a meeting you can 
<laughs> be there. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. You could be sitting there and participating, yeah. but you're actually somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit difficult to wrap one's brain around these ideas, but it's happening. Well, it's incredible though, you know, if you think about it. But Yeah. Well, Tasneem, with the situation right now, what would be your advice to musicians and artists about how should they, you know, maintain their financial stability and how should they retain their visitors and patrons? Uh, so that is a big problem because industry has taken such a knocking and, and a lot of funding will now go, I think, towards setting up hospitals and uh, ensuring uh, um, medical care of good quality is available. I think uh, it, it is going to be very challenging for the future. Mm-hmm. I think the internet is probably the, the, the main resource we have going forward and to use it in all sorts of ways to ensure that uh, that you know you engage audiences so I think game theory at some point we're going to have to go that way okay. to to get um, to engage audiences you know we may have to do things that would have seemed sacrilegious at, mm-hmm. at, uh, at, at another point in time mm-hmm. uh, you know that you, you are making something that's serious because museums are considered to be serious institutions for research and scholarship and knowledge enhancing institutions. Um, and, you know, are we dumbing down by mm-hmm. doing things like game theory, etc.? I don't think so. I think the, I think the message, it's what, what your intention is and what what are you trying to engage people for? What, what is the objective of engaging people? And our objective has always been that you widen their horizon, that you enable them to think creatively, mm-hmm. that, that you take them out of silos that they are in. All of us live in, in silos. And I think what the museum experience does is it, it enables you to emerge from that silo and engage with another world, other people, so how you how we do that and what are the value systems that we communicate doing that mm-hmm. is extremely important. Um, and so I don't think that we will ever, in a sense, lose our relevance. I think that museums, because they are such democratic spaces, will will find new ways of repurposing themselves, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, thanks a lot for your lovely insight and I will ask you one last question which I ask everyone and that is who is your favorite artist and why? Well, you know, I uh, work closely with so many of our artists of today, contemporary artists, and I think they are all um, so deeply engaged and sincere and thinking about their practice that uh, it's difficult to say (laughs) who (laughs) is one's favorite, you know. They're all uh, amazing human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think each one has their own unique quality, Mm -hmm. their own unique, and, and that's why, and they're able, they're trying to say something, and sometimes what they're trying to say in many ways maybe the same thing, but the way they've expressed it or the medium they found to be able to say it is so different and so unique. 
that's what makes them each one very, very special. And I think India has incredible artists. Mm. And I think India is has incredible artists, not just among the ones that we know who are well-known, uh-huh. but we did a competition with the Prafula Dhanukar Foundation. Okay. And it was a competition where the entrance, all the submissions were given to the jury without any indication of what part of the country or who it was, etc. And the quality of work that came in from all over the country, over 10,000 work, and then we did a culling, and then then we gave it to the jury, etc. It was so amazing to see these young artists who, and maybe not so young, some of them, who were so intelligent and thoughtful and uh, resourceful in terms of how they expressed their ideas and the skill of hand that they had as well, the skill of both mind and hand and eye, was just uh, was just quite quite um, you know extraordinary. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I I was I was just so happy with the kind of work that came in. So I think India is just an incredibly talented country, and uh, I think we need to really. Um, help these young artists, you know, give them the platforms. And I think the internet now will enable some of that to happen because so many of them, young people, may not have the resources to be able to do, you know, put their work out on platforms, etc. Mm-hmm. So I hope that this access through the internet will will bring forth much more talent and break down the, the, the barriers of, of the common people who think art is... Uh, either elite or mm-hmm. that it is something that you, either you have a skill and otherwise I don't understand art mm-hmm. or you just see it as a piece of decoration or you just, you know, you know, it's just something that, oh, this will make my house beautiful kind of thing. <laughs> no. uh, I hope that we will be able to, that this being able to get out there on these internet platforms and talk about it and show people great work will, in a sense, help to educate a much larger audience and bring in the public, which has always been our intention at the museum, is to engage the public and say, this is there for everyone. Every human being has the has that creative potential in them. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that think about it, engage with it, let your mind... Um, you know, let your imagination and your mind take over and think about what are the ideas that are being conveyed and are they being conveyed in, in the most effective way, etc. Mm-hmm. And respond to it because that is the most important thing. So I hope that the internet revolution, that will be the positive turn in this whole very, very depressing and sad uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Tasneem. Thanks a lot for uh, your insight and for everything. Well... I'll see you then. Okay, thanks a lot. Well, that's it for today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe on Spotify. Thank you for listening.